Happy New Year! Good morning! Whew, this year is off to a mixed start at the Powell House. I don't know how you guys are doing, but the kids have been staying up too late. Having loads of fun, but we all have the grumps about getting back to the early wake-up times and the homework and all of that. Um, I don't know, do you ever feel the adrenaline let down after just the go-go-go and the decorations and the fun? Like on one hand, our house feels so fresh and clean. And at the same time, it's kind of dull without the tree. And I miss the get togethers, even though we didn't have many this year. Um, but I also crave the order and routine. It's like, ah, I can't get, I can't be pleased, you know? <laughs> I hope you get me, it's just crazy. Um, I'm getting, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm ready, I am, I've got the nerves today. I'm sharing just my most vulnerable thoughts about the year. Um, I'm also canceling all plans to read a parenting book because pull my hair out. We're in a tough spot, but today is about the first plan. We're uh, sharing about the year, a year in review. So let's just jump right in and talk about that. I really have uh, just fought so hard this year. You know, how, how can life work be so grueling and draining yet life-giving and awakening at the same time? just have been constantly forced to find words, which before I'd had, I just guarded them so deeply. And so picking one word at a time as if they're heavy bricks, choosing so carefully, digging in my soul so deeply to find the truth, to seek out the beauty that I'm certain is there. It just was buried so deep. I had no voice and it was buried under so much practiced weight. So with every assignment of this year, with every question asked, there was a permission given to speak and to decide what I think. There was invitation to believe and know what I believe about myself, about the world, about God. I was faced with many unknowns, things I was scared of too. It, it was like a constant state of staring off the edge of a platform, needing to take the next brave brave step, needing to trust myself, needing to trust my God to show up, a realizing that new isn't scary, that more isn't bad, different isn't wrong. It just was so much tearing down and rebuilding. But I just keep thinking of my words, each one like a brick, and just the push and discomfort required to keep finding them. What do I think? What is the answer? And the question that persists is, what do I want? Have you asked yourself that? It's extremely difficult to answer. The effort we put into knowing ourselves and fighting out of the mundane, the expected and the routine is always gonna be worth it. And this is our one life. So I'm here to support you as you find your story worth telling because you get to find the beauty in your life and tell your story however you want to. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I am so really very excited you are here. I'm excited because this is a safe space for all kinds of humans to share their journeys, and I believe we should. We should share our journeys, our stories. They deserve to be heard, and we need to embrace them by listening and growing in compassion. 
I'm also over the top that you're here because I don't want you to miss a second of this friendship offered in the community. You're invited, you're needed, there's space for you here. So go on in over to Facebook groups and jump into the Ash and Ivy friends group. Listen, life is meant to be lived in such a big way. It's meant to be celebrated. And sometimes that means digging into our ash and finding the ivy of our story. It's all so hard and beautiful and messy, but we're going to do it together. We always end the year by sharing our testimonies at Christmas dinner. This year, I didn't plan what I was going to say. I sat and listened to everyone else and felt really content. I do consider the testimony sharing all year, though. I guess it's become kind of an accountability. I know I'll be asked to give account, and so not not so much of things I've done, but things I've learned, what God has done. It's really an open time, and we can share whatever we want from the year. Um, we do this at my parents' house with both of my brothers, my sister, my brother's wife, and the kids. And, um, so nonetheless, it pushes me. So in November, when I realized the end of the year was coming rapidly, I was trying to decide whether to launch the podcast or just enjoy the month and wait for January. I thought of that dinner and I decided I better go for it and make the most of the year, right? Why wait? Um, so, but then when I was writing this, it kind of became so clear to me that the slight intentionality of having that shared testimony time consistently every year has impacted my brain and my mind, my decisions for a whole year. And I've never really considered this impact before from that perspective. It really goes to prove how helpful writing things out can be for revealing the truth. So that's really fun. It's like we have to tell ourselves what we already know but if we never stop to think about it and spell it out, then it just kind of floats around like gold unmined, bubbles unpopped, a rainbow not chased. Oh, how sad would that be? So today is about popping floating bubbles and chasing rainbows. All right, so come on girls, let's find some gold today. Ironic that the telling pushed me to go ahead and get in a few episodes of the podcast before the end of the year dinner, because this year, like I was starting to say a moment ago, once we were around the table, I didn't feel the need to share anything grand. Obviously, everyone at that table already knew what they could see and what I had done. And, but honestly, it just really didn't feel like that big of a deal like it did in November. And what's important to understand about that is I'm a big whopping Enneagram 3. So oozing with people pleasing and people impressing needs. I've lived my whole life working to live a life worthy. Uh, and then this year I actually did something I always wanted to do, but then didn't feel the need to say anything profound at all when given testimonies. I don't know. I felt content. I was confident. It's like I've stepped into myself. Have you seen the movie Home? He says, I've stepped in from the out. I feel like I'm living on the outside who I've always known was me on the inside. It's like I'm letting everyone else finally see me. I realized somewhere along the way this year that people couldn't really see me at all. They would say something about me and it kept feeling really wrong. Like, oh, that's that's not me. Why, why do they keep saying that kind of thing about me? And it happened several times and it finally pushed me to take action towards who I knew I was meant to be. 
So this year has been completely about being quiet and resting, learning not to strive, but just being present and authentic. So I remember a moment in church this year when I was quiet in my mind, not grieving, not lamenting the past or what can't be, not wishing for something different, but just trusting. And I remember thinking, this feels like fresh air. It was truly a strange phenomenon. I honestly don't understand that space exactly because sometimes my mind still doubts how there can be another dimension, like a kingdom dimension, eternity, heaven, a God out there somewhere doing so many things. It's, it's incomprehensible, right? And yet it presents itself everywhere. Even every movie is awaking us to things bigger than ourselves. Every creation speaks of a creator. So where do the questions come from? Why is there doubt? And I've decided questions are normal. They're good. They're okay. Just ask them, jot them down, answer them if possible. And if not, that's okay. Right. And then just rest and trust. It's right. And it's complex and that's okay. So let me tell you about my year. In October, I took a trip for my birthday. This was the first year I thought ahead and just plainly said what I wanted. No need to hint around or quietly wish something would happen. I just said, I want a trip for my birthday. I told my husband this one day, not giving him very much notice, of course. So bless him, he searched every surrounding state for a cabin in the most beautiful week of fall. I'm lucky enough to have a great birthday week. Um, and then just completely unexpected and undeserved, my friend offered hers as a gift, her cabin. And I, I don't know, like, how can this be? I see you, God, taking care. It was an insane bonus. We got to go with my brother and his wife, fostering just the most important relationship that I really don't have words to describe. It's kind of a dream come true, you know? I'm seriously, deeply, deeply grateful for that weekend. Being friends with my brother is something I've always really wanted, but I've ruined more times than I can count but he's faithful and forgiving and his wife is gold. So anyway, on that weekend, I woke up, I had nowhere to be and no one to feed. Can I get an amen? So I laid in bed. I looked over the mountains and um, my husband came back. He had made breakfast and then he came back and crawled back in bed with me and just was present. He listened to me think out loud. You know, side note, it's kind of an odd and new place of awkward you know, trying, just me being vulnerable with him, learning to trust him with my thoughts and him listening and learning to love through that. And the more I do it, the more I love it. He hears me and he does work so hard to understand, but it's like this choice to give in to vulnerability, kind of like today. So that morning I thought through the year just wanted to be filled with gratitude and wanted to acknowledge all that had happened. So last week on the show, Amanda called it mining the year for gold. Rachel Hollis calls it auditing the year, although hers is more like about her schedule and use of her time. At Ashton Ivy, we, well, I don't, I don't know what we call it, but we need a catchy phrase. Mostly I say rewrite the story. We can live it the first time. We can gather the information, but that's just your first draft. 
unless you go back, hence the rewriting, we may miss some of the really beautiful details. We have to rewrite this narrative to see what we couldn't see while we were living it. We simply cannot see all the treasures within unless we visit it, visit it again to recognize the details and give thanks for how we were provided for and covered. We want to see the providence, you know, the grace given. We want to see the gifts. And so that's what today is. It's an audit of the year to mine for all the gold. It's an uncovering of all the hidden beauty completely filling my heart to the brim with thanksgiving. And this not only shows me past gifts, but it propels me into the future with the confidence that good things are to come. Even in the pain and the hard, there will always be treasures. And I don't want to dismiss any piece of my life, but instead cherish it and use it to invite others to life, right? So the process of writing a narrative is grounding and very powerful it's a brave look into the mirror to know where you've come from, who you are now, and where you are going. So obviously, I can talk about this all day, and you don't have all day. So maybe I'll skip every detail of our January trip to Disney World, even though it's the most magical place on Earth. I loved every single detail of our January trip. I also think the Powell's brought COVID from Disney to Anderson, South Carolina. So we are sorry for that. Um, all right, so then you know, you lived it. Life came to a slamming halt in March. Seriously, on Thursday, I was planning a backyard wedding and a graduation party at my house. And on Friday, I was homeschooling parent, working every weekend to pay for overpriced toilet paper. Like, what is this life? But there are endless treasures in this year. Hours and hours and hours spent playing as a family. I'm talking miles of bike rides in the driveway, hammock hangouts, time around the fire, walks in the woods, hundreds of pancakes and grilled cheeses. But for me personally, it was like my mind and heart and body kind of took a few weeks to reconnect and find synchronicity with the environment. It was kind of like I didn't know how to rest and be valuable without going and planning and doing. I, I got it though. I did. And I have fallen in love with the creativity and the awakening and the quiet. So on March 29th of 2020, I was scheduled to share my story for the first time in front of, you know, a big crowd at church. And I was going to tell my story with words and songs. There's definitely going to be some frozen, some wicked, a million dreams, like totally a full sing along. And then all of a sudden there was nothing, no plans, no church. It felt like a stomach punch because it had taken me years to get up the nerve to even consider telling my story and stepping into my dream. I felt really strong, like momentum, I guess, that it was time for me to move. And so I was a bit confused, like, what am I supposed to do? And so I started having one person over at a time to our porch after the kids went to bed. And honestly, it was the most magical spring. I loved it so much. One time a friend came over and told me about a free five-day challenge online with a business coach. So I did end up checking that out. I joined and ended up signing up for the 12-week course. And it was absurd. It was absurd. Like never in a million years before that would I have ever considered spending money on myself in that way to care for myself in such a huge way. 
Um, but this time it just was calling me, you know, like you just know that it's right sometimes. So I asked Josh, my husband, and he said, sure. What? Sure. Okay. He also said, check the Better Business Bureau and the reviews. He, <laughs> he knows me and I've been scammed a time or two. So I did, I did that. And I also asked God for some confirmation, like, God, if I'm going to do this for me, I seriously need to know that it's right. You know, I think you probably can relate to that. So the next morning, the pastor on the TV first words out of his mouth, it's time to expand your tents. And I literally just started crying right then. I knew it was time to say yes. And I got so pumped up and I pretty much stayed that way. That was in May, pretty much stayed that way until August, just on this high. And it was just insane. So all summer I was in this intense program with just insane hours of Zoom calls weekly, many, many assignments. It was uncomfortable. It was intense. It was just an insane amount of work. And I loved it every second of it. So I want to interject this thought. In October, when I walked um, kind of through my year with my husband, like I was telling you, I had this image. I felt like in my life I'd been on an escalator thinking I was going up. Like I'm a moving, implementing, action-taking girl, right? So I thought I was going up, thinking of just all my effort, my work, my good ideas. I thought they were taking me somewhere. Just to realize the escalator I was walking on was going down. Have you ever tried to walk up an escalator going down? You're moving, it's moving, but you aren't getting anywhere. So every effort I was making wasn't taking me where I wanted to go. I could see where I wanted to go, it's kind of what I mean when I said, like, I knew who I was, but I realized no one else knew who I was. I had guarded myself and, and um, just made everything so deeply private. And so <clears throat> where I believed I was going is not where I was going. I was on the wrong escalator. Okay. So back to my summer program, there were at least 300 people in this course with me. So I became bombarded quickly with so many voices, beautiful creativity, amazing ideas. It was the year of expansion for sure. And at first I didn't think I needed those people. They're just online. They'll be gone in 12 weeks. That kind of mindset. I'm in this for me. And then I started to learn that those people were the whole point. They're real people with real lives and they would teach me more than the course ever could. So learning people and how they think and how they believe and how they grow or overcome is vital to serving the world. I don't get to just shut it out for ease and comfort. Serving people is life. It's everything. And to do that, we have to know people and not just ones who think and act like me, but all types of people. So in the end, I have fallen in love seriously with so many people. My world has expanded so much and it's created a hunger to know more people. So I stretched and stretched and stretched. And then I faced my fear of the unknown and learned about people who are different. I'm still in that process and I hope I always will be. 
I learned that I don't need to fear what I don't understand. Like all people, whether they're Christians or not, they're fighting for life. They want progress. They want impact. And they're amazing and they're beautiful and they're filled with talents and life to offer others. I just am in awe of how unique and amazing God is and how he shows up in every single person. And I guess I just learned in general that I need to be a learner. I need to stay present and connected, even if it's hard. I need to listen in. I need to ask more questions. Oh, so it's just all about grow, expand, reconsider, reimagine. And then recognizing that my automatic thoughts and beliefs are not always serving me well. You know, I had to be willing to adjust and find Jesus in the new. So just like now in this quarantine period, I can't just go to parties and sports and force the things that I think are really important. I have to let them go. I can also let go of fears and religion to explore God and others. I can explore him in creation. I can explore him around the world. Pretty cool. So through all of that busy and loud, I found myself on another escalator going the wrong way, going down. I don't know. I've been thinking about it. Maybe I wasn't like necessarily on the wrong escalator, but when in October, when I was kind of thinking through it all, I realized it was time for me to find the right escalator that would move me in the direction I needed to go. I had to quiet all those voices and good ideas. It's easy to just jump on someone else's good idea, their escalator, but it's not actually taking you where you want to go, you know? And so I committed to learning my own voice, my own opinions, my own beliefs. And it's hard, you know, it did look like a lot of worship and reading the Bible and sitting outside and writing always writing when writing i realize my own creativity and my own magic i learn what i know and i see god in me and it he makes me so beautiful and unique and so i just really encourage you to do that just find your own escalator that's going where you want to go and to do that you have to know what you want you know so that's my year in review it's just Oh, it's been such an absolutely wild ride. All behind the scenes stuff today, yet so fulfilling. Things I never could have imagined. And it's hard to not get lost in it all and continue to function in the real world, which brings me to my next point. Kind of as I pursue all of this, sometimes I have this doubt creep into my thoughts, like questions of why did I stir this up? My life was great before. I loved my job. I had lots of fun. Um, and that's, you know, that's okay. We, we all have point or points of different opinions in our minds, voices and ideas. And that's okay. When we have doubts or negative things, we can just say, Hey, to that, Hey doubt. And please step aside. Um, I'm going to progress even while you sit there objecting. And so, you know, my, my doubts or voices that I hear is just like, if I pursue my dream work, my heart, what's the cost? Is it worth it? Do I stir up what's neat and comfortable, what I've worked so hard to establish? Because at our house, I mean, it's not a dramatic statement to say we've battled for almost 15 years for this place that we're in. It feels kind of like we've 
arrived almost. We're in a very comfortable place. We're happy in our marriage. We've paid off all of our debt. We get along without hating each other today. <laughs> and sometimes I question, like, what am I doing? Am I stirring up more trouble than it's worth? I think it's human nature, maybe, to remember the good of before. I think it's our brain programmed for the familiar and the comfort, and it draws us back into that old way. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it better. It just makes it familiar. We have to put forth the effort and be intentional to change the pattern of our life, right? And so this is what I also remember. I also remember always yearning, like 24-7. I yearn to be whole, to be useful, to have impact. I processed every life event as a story longing to be told. I always imagined myself teaching, like all the time. I wanted to be life-giving, always constantly dreaming of speaking and sharing stories and giving. And so is it worth it to pursue my heart? Well, yes, right? <laughs> like I find myself asking though, what did I want when I started this? Is it worth the work? Of course it's worth it. The digging is always going to be worth the cost. The freedom, the pride, the purpose, the deep breaths of confidence, that fresh air. Why would I settle for anything less than my Eden and all that God made me to be? He made me to shine and soar and so shine I will without apology. Given that question, isn't it fair to ask the opposite question? If I don't pursue it, what is the cost? Because I live, move, and breathe with this dream in my heart to be her. You know, that image of you as a child, wild and free and confident. To do the hard work. So with every step I take towards her, I feel more like myself. I can feel my truth seeping through my skin to the outside. It's becoming visible. And even though fears swell up at times, like everyone's looking at me or equally scary, they're not looking at all. And I'm completely stupid. Like I suck. I had no value. I have no good ideas. Funny how we can fear both at the same time. But then I settle into the present. I'm not proving. I'm not striving. I'm not needing to impress. I'm just me. And I'm found. And I'm motivated by what I know is mine. And it must be lived. So what's the struggle worth? Is our life worth fighting the mundane and expected or whatever just comes our way? Or should we press for more? I have literally cried rivers of tears for what if, what could have been. And that loss of perfection, even though it was a false and fleeting sense of perfection, I've mourned it. But I've miraculously found the beauty in the pain. And so that's why it's important to document and remember and rewrite your story to see how far you've come and what you've learned and know where you're headed. Ending this year, 2020, I can truly say, if given the chance, I would not change my life. I've never been able to say that before. I do wish I had used my time to do things differently, but I no longer just loathe my story. And this is a pretty big deal. I've learned to give myself grace and compassion. So now I'm kind of in that switch of 
longing for some clarity to know where I'm going and what I believe in my mission. It's such a process. And uh, this month we're gonna be working on vision together. We have a special guest coming on to help us with vision boards and I am geeking out. I can't wait. So you guys get ready. This year is gonna be bananas. It's gonna be filled with awe and wonder and glory in you. Girl, you make God visible, you bring the beauty, and I'm cheering for you. So the question is, what escalator are you on? Is it your own? Or are you riding along with other people's voices and ideas? And do you know where you're going? I'd like to invite you to join us on the Facebook group called Ash and Ivy Friends, where we will have conversations about all of these things. I'd love to hear about you. I hope to see you there. 